Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for checking out this week's edition of The Derek Diamond Experience, featuring my conversation with filmmaker Steve Kassan. But first, I want to tell you about a fantastic new album from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. It's called Murder Mystery Night and features 10 original tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of The Derek Diamond Experience. Murder Mystery Night is currently available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And if you're interested in booking them for shows, like them on Facebook, just search for The Unicorn Wranglers. And don't forget to follow them on both Twitter and Instagram, and those handles are at Wranglers. That's at U-W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R-S. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Diamond. Experience! Welcome to episode number 51 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast for the week of March 30th, 2015. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully you all had a fun weekend. I know I certainly did. I got to come home for a couple of days, spend some time with my parents, friends, got to film a friend's wedding on Saturday, and it was it was a fun, relaxing weekend, and uh, hopefully you had the same as well. But another thing that I got to do on Saturday night was watch the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And as I've mentioned before on the show, I've been a huge fan of pro wrestling since I was a kid. And I don't keep up with it as much as I used to, simply because it's not as good as it was when I was growing up. But one thing that I always make sure to watch is the Hall of Fame because they get to induct and honor these you know, former legends that paved the way for the current wrestlers of today. And some of the highlights from it, um, Macho Man Randy Savage, one of the most popular wrestlers of all time, finally got inducted into the Hall of Fame last night. I'm recording this open uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, Kevin Nash, who was Diesel back in the early 90s, as well as a founding member of the NWO, was inducted. I enjoyed his speech quite a bit. Uh, former women's champion Alundra Blaze, who I knew more as Medusa from WCW, got inducted. And she actually had one of the more entertaining speeches of the night. Uh, she's most famously known for going to WCW when she was women's champion and threw the belt in the trash can uh, on national television. So that was one of the first shots of the infamous uh, Monday Night War. But the thing that really stole the show to me was the induction of the first ever recipient of the Warrior Award. Uh, His name was Connor McCulloch, and he's not a wrestler. He was a kid who passed away from brain cancer at the age of eight, and he was diagnosed with it when he was four. So that was kind of a really surreal thing to think about because you think this kid spent half his life in hospitals fighting this this huge disease and he he was a huge wrestling fan and he actually got to meet uh, his favorite wrestler Daniel Bryan who also inducted him into the Hall of Fame last night and I'm not gonna lie I cried during this whole speech because it was him uh, the one who accepted the award was his dad and hearing his dad you know talk about how happy the WWE made him and made his stays in hospitals and really his life so much easier. 
And it's it's really inspiring because if an eight-year-old kid who's on the brink of death can have that kind of positive outlook on life, then us normal people should be able to as well. But I, I would highly recommend watching it if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, you can watch the replay of it on the WWE Network, and there are highlights of it on their website, WWE.com. Um, I am looking forward to WrestleMania tonight uh, quite a bit. I, I'm sure I'll be giving my full review of it on the Nerd Cave uh, this coming Tuesday. But I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the card doesn't look as good as it has in years past, but... I'm actually getting to go to a WrestleMania party, which I haven't done in several years. So I'll be looking forward to spending time with friends and watching WrestleMania because watching it with friends makes it so much more fun. But that's all I have as far as the open, so why don't we move on to our guest this week. My guest is a filmmaker named Steve Kassan, who I actually met through Twitter. He started listening to The Nerd Cave and reached out to us through Twitter asking if he could come on one of the shows to promote his latest project called Wasted. And what Wasted is, it's kind of a zombie comedy. It has a very Zombieland-like feel to it. And if you want to watch the trailer, you can go to Cinecoop.com, and it's actually in a contest. And the best way I can explain this contest is it's like the film version of American Idol, where these films entered into a contest, and I believe it's 60 and then after 60, it gets narrowed down to 30, and after 30, it gets narrowed down to a smaller number, and so on and so forth, until there's a winner. And you'll get to hear much more about that uh, during the interview, but if you want to vote on it or watch the trailer, you can go to Cinecoop.com. It's actually a very entertaining trailer. I highly recommend watching it. But that's not really all we talked about. Um, you know, Listening to the Nerd Cave, he was obviously into nerd and pop culture things growing up, so... You'll get to hear about some classic cartoons, classic video games, uh, horror films, Conan the Barbarian, even some classic pro wrestling. And I mentioned the WWE Hall of Fame in the open, so it's kind of fitting that, uh, that I did that. So hopefully you guys enjoy this interview. I know I had a lot of fun just, you know, not just hearing about his project, but about the things he was interested in uh, growing up and now. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with filmmaker Steve Kassan. Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience, here with my very special guest this week. From the production known as Wasted, I have Mr. Steve Kassan. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Derek. This is really an honor to uh, be on here, man. It's uh, it's really something, uh, because being somebody who listens to so many podcasts and and also making productions and hopefully trying to get on and speak about their productions, it's, a really, it's really an honor, honestly. No matter how big or how small, it's always... It always means something to be on and talk about it. You're to someone who's interested to talk to me about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you were way too kind. Way too kind. Um, first thing I wanted to ask you, um, you, you, I know you're calling from Canada and Toronto. Yeah. Um, are you from Toronto? Yes, yes. Oh, cool. Cool. I've actually never been to, to Canada. So like, how would you describe growing up in Canada as opposed to like maybe growing up in, in the United States? Like, Have you visited the United States? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, I'm originally from 
uh, we were our family was originally from uh, Dubai because my dad got a job there uh, working at the Dubai airport. Then we first moved to uh, Staten Island for, oh, okay. just for a little small uh, small bit. Then moved to uh, Montreal, Canada, Montreal, and from there came to Toronto in '92. But growing up in Canada, there are we do have like Canadian tendencies, uh, some minor Canadian stereotypes, but it's pretty much the same thing as growing up in say. Uh, growing up in the states because we get the affiliates and I grew up watching Fox uh, Saturday morning cartoons. I grew up watching, um, you know, with X Men and Bobby's World and all of that. We grew up watching a lot of uh, was a U.S. programs, Cosby's Married with Children, my favorite sitcom of all time. But we also have our own Canadian equivalent. So it's it's pretty much the same. There are, as I mentioned, some differences, but. Not really that much. Oh, I mean, we all grew. We hell, we grew up. Uh, I grew up watching uh, Bills football. So, oh nice. Although that's not my team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have an NFL team? Yeah, Jets. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Uh, well, I'm I'm a fan of your uh, your new coach, uh, Todd Bowles from the Cardinals. I, I think he's yeah, gonna I'm do a, it. I think he's gonna do a good job. Yeah, totally. Like Rex Ryan. Uh, at the beginning, it was it was promising, and then it just. It just became the Rex Ryan show, you know what I mean? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty and much. Just, well, I, I, getting rid of Sanchez, uh, that was a bad move. I, he, he had some promise. He, he did. I remember Jets fans being, like, they were celebrating out in the streets of New York when, when you guys drafted him. And, you know, it, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't work out, but, you know, new coach, new, new regime. So it's, you're yeah, getting a fresh we'll start, see. so. That's we'll always the good thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's funny when you were mentioning all the the cartoons. Uh, you mentioned Bobby's World. I completely forgot about that cartoon. Oh, yeah. team, but I, I remember seeing it advertised all the time. I, I never watched it, but I remember it being pretty popular. Like I knew a few people in school that were like, "Yeah, this is great," but I, I never, yeah. I never really sat down and watched that cartoon because, I, like I said, I completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the Mandel. He uh, was yeah. I remember he was always comes on and introduces it. Then he just talks about it and all. Then uh, we got all these other shows like the real Ghostbusters, uh, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, yeah, uh, and stuff. Uh, there was this really one sh- sh- cartoon I loved so much, uh, Skeleton Warriors. It just only came for a while, but I don't that think was I remember a really that awesome one. show. It's a really good one. Then then there was uh, Dino Riders. That was a good one too. I, the Fun name sounds stuff. familiar, but I, I don't think I watched that one either. I, I was more of a Nicktoons fan growing up, like with Rocco's yeah, Modern yeah. Life, Doug. Yeah, we, yeah, we got. So yeah, so as I was saying, it's pretty much the same deal. Oh, cool. Except of, uh, Putin. <laughs> <laughs> so besides uh, cartoons, like what what kind of other interests do you did you have growing up? Like, did you? You work in production. Was that something that you yeah. fell in love with at an early age, or did that come along uh, later in life? I think uh, people of my age, uh, we, it's funny as uh, people in my age, we grew up with comic books, period, or the second boom period, I should say, and we've been exposed to all these cartoons, all this uh, anime, and and my. In my uh, circle of friends, we were exposed to all like some of the best films of, uh, that came out in the 80s, and all some of the best uh, science fiction film, even a lot of great horror films. And 
and also we are the Nintendo generation, right? Because that's when mm-hmm. Nintendo, Sega, TurboGrafx-16 started popping up, and that we grew up in genesis of it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like uh, influences, it's it's a huge uh, collage of many things. As to, but you're always uh, you're always siding with with one thing over the other. Like say uh, me, I am still a Genesis fanboy. I've uh, when I th- I thought the Genesis I was a Genesis uh, I was on the Genesis side. A lot of my other friends, you know, Nintendo fanboys, they're on that side. But but still, you know, it's like you do pick sides, but it's pretty much the same thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's many different categories and aspects. Like with horror, uh, most of my friends are into into the Friday series. I personally think that Hellraiser is, be- is the best franchise. But I only consider one and two. I don't consider the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I and I find and I personally think Pinhead is the greatest horror icon out there. But I have friend another friend who thinks it's Freddy. So it's it's an interesting uh, interesting time to be someone of our age because popular culture, consumer culture now is everything we grew up with, and it's it's funny. Uh, it's uh, I always tell uh, anyone who asks me about what wasted is. It's a reflection of our generation of our characters and what we grew up with. And the biggest example is that I go into Walmart and I find Avengers shirts. I find Daryl Dixon shirts. It's it's totally insane when you think about it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like stuff. 10, 10, 20 years ago, uh, you you wouldn't find this stuff. Maybe one or two. Because out of popularity, but now it's 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 uh, cluttered everywhere. That's one thing I regret about my childhood is I, I grew up. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to have both the Nintendo and the Sega, and mm-hmm. I, I loved both because I, I was a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan growing yeah. up, and and I was also a huge uh, Zelda fan and Mario fan too. But mm-hmm. I, I was more on the Zelda side than anything. It's still my favorite game series to this day, but it's. Growing up in that era, there wasn't really that much like merchandise to go along with. Like, yeah, not really any T-shirts exactly. or stuffed animals, and now you see them everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. kid, kids, are, they're so lucky to have that type of stuff. They do, they do. Is uh, because I remember if I wanted to get say like a really cool, uh, uh, what's that uh, cover? The uh, the Spider-Man 300 cover with Venom, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like I still remember it to this day like one of my uh, some Marvel comic I think it was a US agent comic and there's there was they will always keep a a panel or a page where they have all these t-shirt designs and if you want a t-shirt then you got to cut it out you got to cut out the uh, the mail um the mail rebate putting your information and address and mm-hmm. just send it in but then I'm destroying my comics right it's like I don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I I still collect these things but then how am I supposed to get a shirt? Yeah. I have to go to a specific place or drive somewhere else. Now I go to Hot Topic and I can get all the shirts I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I used to collect the Nintendo Power magazine. And yeah, every, same. Same here. And every three months they would release the catalog with all the merchandise. Mm-hmm. And you had to have these certain number of stamps that you had to send in. And I remember I sent in a ton of stamps to get a Mario hat. It was just a a normal looking hat but it had just the red M on it and it looked exactly yeah. like the hat he wore in the game and I wore that thing out in like yeah. 6 months cuz I would wear it literally every single day but having to do stuff like that to get you know little things whereas now you can just 
go on Amazon and you can find anything yes. like that super easy. And uh, you mentioned being a horror fan and you consider Pinhead to be the like your horror icon. The yeah. guy who played Pinhead was at our local uh, comic convention here, yeah. Pensacon. Mm-hmm. So oh, th- that's wicked, man. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I know a lot of people, you know, flipped out when they found out that that he was going to be here. Because I, oh my I, gosh, because I didn't, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Because I didn't really grow up, you know, in the the horror genre. I mean, I I respect it, and I, I respect you know what it's done with with the film industry and I respect, you know, the people that are fans of it because they have some diehard fans. They do. And it's, it's crazy, but you know, I, I was never that big into it. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I know like Jason, Freddie, I know who they are and like their origins yeah. and everything, but I didn't really grow up uh, watching those. But uh, what other, uh, what other films did you watch growing up or what like current, maybe some current films that you enjoy watching? I I really enjoy the the fantasy and sword and sandal like uh, historical epics and and fantasy films such as uh, Lord of the Rings and all that because it's you're being transported to a new world right mm-hmm. and that's that's the main thing that's the one great thing about the film films and movies is that you're being uh, you're being taken to a new place. It's I find it funny that how when people say oh Guardians of the Galaxy was such a huge risk and and uh, everything because he got all these weird characters. Nobody has ever heard of these. Guys. It was such and, a good movie, though. Yeah, it's oh, it's a man. great, it's such a great movie. But then I think to my, but then you gotta think to yourself, like, how would uh, if if I was transported back to 1977, and I saw Star Wars for the first time, like uh, the trailer for it, right before watching a movie, or even a, a TV spot for it. When I think, wow, it's like I want to see this movie because I've been taken, I'm being taken to a new place. I'm, it's pretty much the same effect, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think, look at Star Wars. You got, uh, you you got a movie where you got a guy. You the main your main character is basically a teenage kid, a, a whiny teenage kid. You got a girl who's a princess with silly, um, with, with a silly hairstyle. You got a you got a real asshole in Han Solo. You got a talking seven foot rug, and you got two stupid little robots. If you really want to break it down. Mm-hmm. To its simplest form, that's what you have. How is that more different from a talking raccoon with guns, uh, a smartass uh, Star Lord, a very dangerous green-looking girl, and a giant tree, and a really muscle-bound guy with red tattoos? You know, how is that really different? It's not. But the same. It's not. But the one thing that makes it similar is, and makes it uh, cool is that you've been taken to a new place. You've been taken to something you can have from your imagination and you've been taken on like a really fun time. And that's, so when you think about that, it's like, it's not really a risk because if I would like to think like, I'm like everybody else and the general public, like it's, that's what the movies are for, right? Mm-hmm. It's for fun entertainment. Yep. That's, so, and that's, and that's, uh, that's what appeals to me. Like, I want to be entertained. I want to be taken to, Somewhere else. I don't want. I mean, yeah, all the like films such as Foxcatcher and was it the Imitation Game? They're good and they're good to see and the craftsmanship and everything. Mm-hmm. But also, that's that's real life, right? Mm-hmm. I I go through real life every day, and uh, and I go through the same struggles and go through the same uh, heartbreaks and hardships. I I want to be transported. I want to be taken to somewhere. I want to be. I want to experience something. 
you took the words right out of my mouth because when it when it comes down to it parts of life can be fun but for the most part it can really suck sometimes but yeah when it comes to a movie and like you i i enjoy a good drama or a biopic or something that you know is you know the cinematography is beautiful the score is great the story is really well written and all those things are great but when it comes down to it we all should go to the movie to just have fun and escape life for a couple of hours. And that, to me, that's why I tell people Guardians of the Galaxy is everything that a fun summer blockbuster should be. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, I, I, will say, I will say that it's not their best film. It's not Marvel's best studio film. But it's their, it's their Ghostbusters in the sense that with Ghostbusters... It's not the greatest movie ever. Let's be honest here, all right? It's a great movie. It's a fun movie. Absolutely. Movie, what, it, what, it, what Ghostbusters is, is is a movie where if you want to watch something and and have a good time and really lift up your spirits, and even though you've seen this movie so many times over and over again, you still watch it because it gives you a good feeling. That's what Ghostbusters is, and that's what Guardians of the Galaxy is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, I, I totally I, agree. And it's, yeah. and the thing with Guardians, and like you said, it it may not be their their best film, but you can really make the argument in saying that it's definitely their most fun movie yeah, because absolutely exactly that it's also it broke something that to me the comic book movie genre has kind of fallen into, and I call it the the Dark Knight syndrome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know when Batman Begins came out, it was the quote unquote gritty reboot. And that's almost yeah. a cliche term these days. But every movie in the comic book genre, it seems like, wanted to put some kind of dark twist on it. Like, look at Man of Steel. It's not really a lighthearted movie at all. And things... No, yeah. I mean, it, it had its moments, but it, for a Superman movie, it was it was pretty dark. And, yeah, I can understand it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But the, uh, the funny thing is that I, I love Man of Steel, though. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I do like the movie. I mean, it, it has its flaws, but what movie doesn't? Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. But Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it took a completely different turn. It was a little over the top. It was comedic. You know, it, and the soundtrack to me was just fantastic because I, I grew up on that kind of music. So oh, that yeah. that was right down memory lane for me. To me, the soundtrack's almost its own character in the movie. It is, yeah, it is, it is. But no, it, it was it was really good, and I I can't wait for the sequel. I, I think the sequel will. They're going to have a lot more expectations now because Guardians of the Galaxy just kind of surprised everybody because nobody knew what to expect. So I'll be curious to see their expectations or, or they'll meet expectations now uh, is what I'm trying to say because everybody's going to expect it to be great. Oh, totally, yeah. But um, what was it that made you want to get into production? Was it, you know, a certain movie? Was it any of the ones that we mentioned? Or was it just something you kind of were like, well, I like movies, so, you know, why not just do it? It's, uh... uh originally, I was really into um, the creative aspect. And, like, I guess, well, everybody who's been exposed to comics and films and everything, you're, you get interested in it. But the one movie that really changed my mind and really made me want to get into film, into this industry, is Conan the Barbarian. Oh, the, cool. The Swashini- yeah, ex- yeah. And 
I, I'm I'm pretty sure it'll be some listening to this. I think of Conan. Like, what's this guy insane? Like, but if you really look at it, Conan the Barbarian, there's really no other film like it. I mean, yeah, it's a sword and sandal film. Yeah, it does star Schwarzenegger, but you gotta look past those uh, uh, past those things or past those stereotypes, I would say, and past those uh, abrupt judgments. Because this is at a time where Schwarzenegger is just starting, and he's he's not the Schwarzenegger caricature that we come to know later on. Mm-hmm. This is this is also a film where every scene means something. It's almost operatic. The first uh, fifteen twenty minutes, nobody talks, really, except for your the introduction of what Conan is, about what the Hyborian uh, world is, and what his father says about the riddle of steel. But when you pass that. Everything's done through images, done through Basil's uh, music, and through action. It's really fantastic filmmaking, storytelling, and also here's another thing: we've uh, you mentioned the fact of like the Dark Knight syndrome of being gritty and dark and so and so. Let's not forget Conan. It's based on a comic book. It's based on pulp uh, stories on a pulp uh, comic strip, and this is a film where gritty violence with a harsh and believable world, if you think about it, because all the architecture and uh, production design has to reflect that, yeah, this is a world where it actually existed. And also the fact that there's this huge amount of gore and this huge amount of sex and everything is rated R and a really harsh rated R. So mm-hmm. it would, I would say this is like the very first dark and gritty comic book film. Let's take that into account. Because before that, it was the, the the Superman film, and that was PG, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a great film on its own too. That's epic. But also, you gotta think that Conan. This is the this is the the Dark Knight equivalent to that. Yeah, you I didn't I mean? even I didn't even think about that. I completely forgot yeah. that it was based off a comic book. Yeah, and you just have to really, really watch the film. I, a lot of people they look at films. But nobody really watches, or like a few really watch and absorb it. And when you do absorb the film, and you notice that how everything works together, and everything is spaced and properly uh, properly paced together, and it's really wonderfully written, everything just works. And you'll say, and you will definitely say to yourself, you know, yeah, whoa, what this idiot from Toronto is saying is true. There is no <laughs> other film like it. <laughs> it's true. really one of its own kind. So when I saw that and being a fan of fantasy films and as I mentioned, like stories that takes you to another world and and so and, and such and such, uh, I, I looked at this film and said to myself, wow, they make movies like these? And they still don't make movies like these. So that's what really got me into it and wanted, wanted me initially first to get into writing and directing on that side. And then later on, it just fell into acting because... Uh, when I get the chance to act, I get to live out a different person each day. Mm-hmm. And one day I get to be a doctor. One day I get to save the day. One day I get to have the relationship that I always wanted. One day I'm doing this. One day I'm doing something else. One day I'm like Tony Montana. One day I'm something else. I'm living all these different lives, which I don't do in my regular 9 to 5 desk job. So that's what really excited, that's what really brought me into acting. And and also the thing about with the technique that or the what I bring to my acting style is that if I believe it, then you will believe it. So that's uh, so even if it's the smallest thing or even if it's the dumbest thing possible, as long as I believe I'm doing it, then 
I get to have that experience. Now, did you want to, like, say, get into production first and then the acting came along later? Was it vice versa or was it something like you just wanted to do everything? At first, it was the more production and writing style because you're creating worlds, basically, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, I, I soon learned that with acting, I, I do, I'm also creating a world, too. I'm creating the character and the world around me. And I can almost dictate how things go, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in many ways, I'm, cre- I'm creating what I'm writing. I'm also creating this uh, like a persona. So that came later. And I just want to keep on continuing that. And with acting, I, I, get, to, I get to meet other filmmakers as well. And also collaborate as well, because that's what, that's what film is, really. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, it's not a one-man show. It's really a, a huge, big production and effort that everyone, everyone has a key role to play. It's all about the networking and the collaboration. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, especially when you're doing independent film. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to take on so many hats. Like with, like with Wasted, like myself, I'm, I'm acting in it, co-writing in it, co-producing in it, uh, sometimes doing, a, doing sound, sometimes like, and also the, the marketing aspect, then some of the other guys are editing and putting the, the, the effects and whatever. When we get to a level where we can hire underlings, then <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> I, love, we can, I love that term, yeah. underlings. Then, then they can do all this stuff. And we can party with our hookers and pizza and coke. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until then, the hookers and pizza will have to wait. Yeah, they'll, they'll, ha- they'll so have to be the on standby. Well. <laughs> yeah, that, the coke will be on standby. But uh, So we need to get to that level. Yeah. And sharing uh, is caring. Sharing is caring, absolutely. I- I'm going to put that in the show notes. The end will be hashtag sharing is caring. <laughs> absolutely. Now, did you go to any type of uh, film school, or did you just kind of learn production like on the go? Well, there's always um, learned a lot from uh, from my high school years. Then I then after that, I got more into acting. Then took some uh, I learned took some uh, screenwriting courses after that, and all and my biggest learning experience is actually being on set, just asking questions. That's uh, if, if anybody's listening and wants to get into film, uh, try get on set. Even as a, uh, even if like say a big production comes down your way, just keep on looking out and ask and say, "Hey, can I be a PA, uh, a production assistant? Can I come help out?" Because that's the best way you learn. Mm-hmm. I think uh, who said it the best? Uh, Mel Gibson. Like no matter what you think of the guy, he is an amazing director. But he learned his craft from Richard Donner because he kept on asking him questions like, uh, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And why do you do this? And, and it may sound uh, troublesome. It may sound annoying. But peop- if you do ask somebody, they will be more than happy to tell you, like, the, the, I, I'm doing this because of this. Because they feel important, too, because you're, they are teaching some. They're teaching you. They're telling you what their job is and that their jobs matter. Like say the uh, best example I can give is when Total Recall was shooting in Toronto. Uh, I was there a bunch of days as a background extra, and and they were shooting on the red, uh, the red camera. Oh, I love yeah. the red cameras. So good, so good. But then I started asking uh, questions to uh, the camera ops, and uh, they were more than happy to tell me. It's like, yeah, 
this is the the red ca this is the card it takes as much uh, memory as it is it was shooting in uh, really uh, in high k format and we got all the cards here like this is our focus puller and everything this is how the red works and all that it like i said it, it makes them feel important because it is an important job to do every every little position counts mhm mm mhm mm and especially in a big production as total recall like that's time is money right yeah the the way I describe a production is it's just one giant machine and all the positions, yeah. the director, the DP, the camera ops, even the guy who makes the coffees, the coffee run, they're yeah. all the cogs in the machine. They've all got to mm -hmm. work together to get the machine moving. Absolutely. Now, that what, is the truth. One thing you mentioned uh, with Wasted, and we'll get to that in just a second, but you said that sometimes you might run sound or you might do you know, some other job, you wear a lot of hats, basically. Do you think that doing something like that, you know, being in front of the camera and behind the camera doing all these different jobs, do you think that maybe has given you a bigger appreciation for the film industry as a whole? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, and I think nowadays, it's, I think it's important that you know or that you have many titles to you because unlike, say, the older days where, okay, I'm just strictly an actor and that's it. Or I'm just strictly a writer and that's it. Nowadays is that the tools are there where you can, where anybody can get together and make a film or make a web series or make whatever. But the difference is that you got to know what you're doing and you got to be really good at it. There's There's so many times where you see productions or you see something on on YouTube or Vimeo where you're, you're, you're looking at something as like, oh, okay, this is, it's, it's nice they made it. It looks good because they're using a nice camera, but it's really, it's not, it's not really good. So that's the thing. And it's important to learn many hats because you get a better, as you said, a better appreciation of it. You know, this is not making movies. That's a lot of hard work. I, I tell everyone, uh, uh, who's not uh, involved in my uh, in my acting life that I spend more time on set than I do at my regular job. I spend at least more over 12 to 16 hours on a weekend or then that's like two work days for me mm -hmm. on my regular 9 to 5. So but why am I doing it, right? Why am I spend sacrificing my weekends going from 8 o'clock uh, 6 6 a.m. call time all the way to 8 p.m. or even if it goes late, like every production does, uh, to 12 of midnight. Why am I doing that? Because I love this thing. It's a passion of mine, and I want to. I'm going to go further in it. But if you, whatever passion you're into, you got to put in the work, and that's that's the truth. Hard work does pay off. Mm -hmm. You just have to. You just have to grind it. That's something that I tell people with production. You have to love it to do it. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to burn yourself out, and you're going to end up despising it. Well, yeah, totally. I, I've I know like some actors, friends of mine who just uh, they put in the work, but there was a there was a time where they they weren't getting anything, and it just burned them out. And they said, you know, forget it. Uh, I tried it, gave it a shot, uh, didn't work out. But the those who, that really want to go at it, that we're still still going, you know. There's no age is not a number, and it can happen at any time. 
there's this uh, series uh, Life on Mars uh, from the BBC show, and mm-hmm. also Ashes to Ashes, the uh, the sequel of it. There's this one character, Gene Hunt, played by Philip uh, Glenister. Amazing, amazing character. Probably, I if you haven't seen the show, check it out. It's it's all done from because uh, BBC they only run like two seasons and it's like seven episodes per season. But this character of Gene Hunt is awesome. I would put Gene Hunt right up there with uh, Walter White. But the but the actor Philip Glenister, he's in his forties and he only gained success from the show at that age. So uh, it doesn't matter how how early you start or how late you start. If you put in the work, it will come. And when it comes, hey, man, enjoy it. That is true. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, Samuel L. Jackson didn't get uh, involved with acting until he was 46. Yeah. So. And and he's like the most – he's technically the highest paid actor because he's been in so many productions and so many big franchises. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. uh, It'll come. If If you stick with it, it'll come, man. Absolutely. Now, going on to your production, Wasted. Yes. What is Wasted about, and how did you come up with the concept of it? Okay. Wasted is a zombie stoner geek comedy. It's about a group of friends who have high adventures in the zombie apocalypse. Unlike, say, every other zombie movie out there, where all the characters are dreading the zombie outbreak and... It's really depressing, and it's like these guys is like, oh, we have to stick together. We got to do this. We got to do that. Our characters say, zombie apocalypse? Hell yeah. I want to have some fun because <laughs> these characters want the apocalypse to happen the, because the characters are a reflection of not only me and my friends, but I'm sure of a lot of people out there. How Wasted came about is that we all got together after watching a zombie movie. I believe, I think it was Dawn of the Dead, the Snyder's version. And then we all started talking. Hey, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? What would you do, Steve? Oh, I would do this. I would do that. Then we decided, wait, you know what? This is a pretty cool idea. I haven't seen anything like this because everything everything dealing with zombies is always you, sh- you establish the characters, outbreak happens, they, they form a group, it goes all chaotic, they do cool things, and they realize, oh, we're still in the zombie world, but at least we survived. Oh, no, forget all that. When the zombie outbreak happens, we're like, let's go be who we want to be. Because, let's face it, in the zombie apocalypse, or in a post-apocalypse world, you have no responsibilities, I have no work to go to, and there are no rules. And I would say, you know, let's get wasted. Let's have some fun, and let's kick some ass. <laughs> and that's what wasted is. It's the side to it. As opposed to the depressing side of it. it when I watched the, the trailer, it, it had a very Zombieland-esque feel to it. And I, and I loved it because that's one of my favorite movies to watch. Just If, if I want to sit down and watch just a fun movie, that's up there on my list. And it, it had the same feel of that. And I, and I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was great. Oh, thank you. That's that's exactly the the effect we want to give. Like... We want you to say that, yeah, this is something I can watch and really have a really fun time watch, uh, watching it. It's almost taking like uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, approach, where you've been, we're taking you to a new, to a new world, a more fun world, a more exciting world. Yeah, there, there are zombies out there, and 
there may be mutants or monsters or even gangs and everything, but it all fits into this wasted land and it's more it's more adding a lot of fun and colorful and colorness into this whole thing. It's taking what we see normally but adding a really high octane adrenaline ride to it. Definitely, definitely. And where where can people go to check out Wasted? Right now, you we've entered the Cinecoop uh, Challenge. What the Cinecoop Challenge is, is that it's a 12-week uh, elimination contest where you have all these independent filmmakers and they put up their projects. I would say it's like the film equivalent to American Idol, where you have all these people, with the, peop- the singers being the film projects, and there are voting periods. But during those voting periods, each month we're given a mission to do. And this mission, much like American Idol, where they got to sing a different uh, genre of music, these missions basically tells you what a project is and all the nooks and crannies of it. It's basically telling you why you should get on our side and vote us into the top 60, vote us into the top 30, then finally the top 15, and lastly the top 5, where the top 5 will give a live pitch to the Cinecoop um cynical producers and say hey guys what we have with wasted is something special what we have with wasted is product is pure colombian clean product man forget the <laughs> diaz brothers man <laughs> forget all of that man what we have wasted is really cool it's really fun it's really exciting so give give us the money and we i guarantee you for 90 minutes you will have a kick-ass time you will have a really awesome time where you will tell to your friends, you know what, go check Wasted. Because I had fun with it, and you'll have fun with it too. But in order to do that, we need the support of people. Mm-hmm. And we need the people's votes. And the only way to vote is that you have to go to the Cinecoop site, which is cinecoop.com slash wasted. So C-I-N-E-C-O-U-P dot com slash wasted. And you have to sign up to the site. Because when you sign up, you create your profile, and only then you can vote in projects like Wasted into the further rounds, into the top 60 round, the top 30, and so and so. But signing up is free. If you belong to Facebook or Twitter or even a newsletter or message board or what have you, it's pretty much the same thing. You just put in your name, where you're from, your email address. You'll get a notification email where you just verify your user ID on Cinecoop, or you verify your profile, then find our project wasted. It's not hard to miss. We're the only one with the skull and cross blunts, so that's <laughs> you will not forget it. And you just follow our project. There's a follow button. Then you just rate, give a rating of for us out of five stars. Leave a comment, and share on social media. Share on your Facebook wall, on your feed. On share on, give a tweet about it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And then you will be notified on when to vote. In the seven days comes the top 60 voting, like I said. And we really want to get far because, as I said, we want to make a really fun movie. We want to make not the next zombie land. We don't want to make the next or the best zombie film. We want to make the most fun zombie film, the most fun ride you can have in 90 minutes. And that's that's what we want to do. We want to really make a really awesome film. I can't stress it enough. Like We've, we've thought of this concept since 2012. And all with tinkering and getting feedback. And I know people told us, like, what you guys have is great. It's a really unique concept. And I haven't seen it before, but you're also dealing with zombies. And it is it is getting oversaturated. And I agree. But taking that into effect, what do we do to change all that? 
And we got some really cool ideas that we want to do to our zombies where we can brand it the wasted zombies as opposed to them just standing there and walking slowly and going, and want to eat you and everything. No, we want to evolve these zombies a little bit. Make them, as I said, make them our own brand of zombies. But in order to do that, in order for you to see that, we need your support and to make the film to get us to that point. And go to Cinecoop.com to vote for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because sharing is caring. Absolutely. <laughs> sharing is caring. I've been sitting on that for like the last two or three minutes, so I, <laughs> I had to get that out. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you uh, before we close the interview. I'm looking at your Skype avatar right now, and I think it's fantastic. It has Luigi as Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, man. And it yeah, says man. Luigi Savage. That is quite possibly one of the greatest things I've seen in a while. Did, did uh, you do that yourself? Yeah, yeah, I did that. Uh, that's because, uh, I believe, uh, four years ago, me and my friend, uh, Mark Capone, who's also part of the Wasted crew, he the, he actually made the, our Wasted logo. When you go see it, the, the Skull and Crossbloods, he's our major uh, uh, graphic designer and also a motion graphics artist. He, uh, Him and I, we made a Luigi art show. It's called the, the Utter Brother Art Show. I'm sure the Tumblr is still there. So we took all these... Uh, different aspects from what we like. I made a uh, Luigi uh, Daredevil uh, Daredevil piece because I'm, oh, that sounds I'm a big awesome. fan of Daredevil. Uh, I am too. And I can't wait for that Netflix series. It's going to be so here, awesome. Man. Oh, same man. Here. That's going to be wicked. And uh, Mark, uh, he made some other Luigi stuff. And one of them, I'm a huge Macho Man Randy Savage fan. I'm a big wrestling fan. Oh, really? And I am too. Yeah, yeah man. And I, I can't wait for Sunday. Oh, me too. I, I'm actually going to go to a, a WrestleMania party. I haven't been to one in so long, oh, but I'm but I'm so excited for it. Sweet. Do you have the network? Yes, I do. I, I bought it day I one. I like it. I do too. I like it. They they've gotten a bit lazy with adding stuff, I think. But you know, once they pick that up, you know, I think it'll get much better. And you get all the shows for ten dollars a month as opposed to paying like sixty or seventy for them. <clears throat> exactly. That's it's a like, no-brainer. Exactly. For me, as I, as I said, like I do my 9 to 5. If I get an acting gig, I go and do that. And <clears throat> and for me, it's like when I come home, I can I can log on the network here and pick whatever uh, pay-per-view that I miss or whatever show or whatever special and, and watch it. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not uh, burned out by it. I haven't gone through the entire library, so it's perfect for me, especially for someone who's, who's quite busy or... Who have things? Who have responsibilities to do? <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I love it. So yeah, me being a a big wrestling fan and Macho Man being my guy, one of my top five. Uh, only fitting, Luigi uh, Luigi Savage, the Macho Plumber. I love it. I love it. And Randy Savage is finally going in the Hall of Fame too. So yeah, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it'll be interesting what uh, what Hogan says, brother. <laughs> <laughs> brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> But uh, uh, but uh, before uh, before we end, I just want to say that uh, with wasted, uh, as I'm here talking to you and telling you that I'm a I like horror films. I'm a big wrestling fan. Uh, I made this thing. I'm a big Daredevil fan. That's uh, that's also influences we're bringing into wasted, because the, the people, uh, me and my friends, or the crew behind wasted, the production team, it's reflective of what popular culture is now. We Wasted is a hybrid of 
many things uh, that really interest us from anime, cartoons, um, sitcoms, was a different styles of comedy. I'm a I'm a big fan of BBC comedies like Faulty Towers. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big fan of uh, the fi- fantasy uh, sci-fi films. One of my other friends is into art house art house films or European films, and another guy's into the Shaw Brothers uh, martial arts films. There's all these things that we're bringing into Wasted that we want to make a full experience, and it's not about being overloading it of many different senses, but finding the right niche and finding the right times and when to put it in. Finding that, let's say if we have like a Simpsons Family Guy cutaway into something that's mentioned in, in the actual story. And there's, there's uh, many different aspects of Wasted. It's a very hybrid pro, hybrid production. And and from all of us is that we always uh, describe ourselves as the Ninja Turtles in, in the sense that, yeah, they're turtles, they're mutants, they're teenagers, and they're ninjas. But Donatello is way different from Leonardo. Mm-hmm. Raphael is totally different from Michelangelo, right? Mm-hmm. And you, no matter who you are, you can tell a lot about a person by what turtle they identify themselves with. And that's what... But when brought together, they're, they're all unique to, uh, alone, but brought together, they make a really interesting and cohesive unit and a really dynamic team. And that's what Wasted is. The characters are, it may look the same as zombie hunters and guys that smoke up or guys that would just want to have fun, a group that want to have fun, but each person is identified by who they are. Like my character is identified by this guy is into wrestling and into action films and He's more the Leonardo guy, where opposed to another character, Mark is more the Michelangelo guy. He's the conspiracy theorist, but he also is more of the party animal. And through each character and being them individuals, hopefully, no matter who you are watching it, you will identify it and get a much better experience. Because that's what uh, a group of friends are, right? Absolutely. We're all, we're, we all like the same thing, but you may be different from your, your, your buddy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we reflect. No, I I agree one hundred percent. That that's that's the perfect way to look at it. But uh, Steve, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to do the interview. This was a lot of fun. Always good to discuss pop culture stuff. Oh, and thank you for having me on, man. It's a, it's a, it's great talking to you. It's great. It's really cool that the way we this came about, and the fact that you know, like like I said, like you and I maybe a full country apart, but we like the same things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're big Daredevil fans, big Macho Man fans, so it's really interesting how it came about. Definitely, definitely. And um, I, I don't know if, you, uh, if you'll have access to it, but are you going to be watching uh, like WrestleMania as it happens? Oh, absolutely, yeah, totally. It, you should... Uh, I'll, what I should do is I should man the, uh, the Nerd Cave Network Twitter page... And we can uh, live tweet oh, through WrestleMania. Man, I think sweet. I think the listeners would love it. Like when this airs, WrestleMania will have already happened. But you know, we we should definitely do that. I think it'd be fun, and I think everybody would get into it. Oh yeah, like we'll uh, describe uh, the entire twenty-minute Taker entrance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I've seen pictures of him though, and he he's looking much better than he has in the last couple of years. So he is, he is, yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see him though. It's it's always good to see the Undertaker. It is. Uh, it's 
I was talking to a friend, and uh, and this match with Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, it's almost like you're we are almost uh, saying goodbye to one character and really saying hello to an, a, a the new character, just a, a character to take the Undertaker's place in Bray Wyatt. If you you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you see that most other wrestlers are just like extensions or tweaked versions of themselves, but no real characters. The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt are, I would say, they're they're only two real characters that they have. Mm-hmm. No, I so I would totally agree with that. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited to see I'm I'm excited to finally see Sting in the WWE. Oh my gosh! Yeah. He was the first wrestler that I ever was a fan of. Same. So, so I'm I'm uh that's something you know I've waited a long long time to see so I, I'm really excited but yeah we we should definitely tweet during uh, WrestleMania that way I'll know you know what you think of it and and vice versa absolutely man totally all right well Steve thank you very much for doing the interview this was fun oh thank you for having me like I said thank you for having me and everyone listening uh like I said it's through your support we want to we want to give you a really awesome film not just a zombie film but a really fun and awesome film. For 90 minutes, you'll get an enjoyable ride. But in order to do that, we need your support. And the only way to support is signing up to Cinecoop, following uh, Wasted, and when the time comes, vote us in. Sharing is caring. Absolutely. Sharing is caring. Puff, <laughs> puff, pass, as they say. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you very much, man. Big thank you once again to Steve Kassan for that fantastic interview. Be sure to go to Cinecoop and vote for Wasted. Next week, we will be taking a deeper look into the world of podcasting with my guest, fellow podcaster Nicole Welch. And don't forget, you can check out all of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and NerdCaveNetwork.com. On Mondays, you have the Derek Diamond Experience. Tuesday is the NerdCave Podcast. Wednesday is Fist of Monkey. Thursday is the Pop Culture Palette. And every other Friday is time for comics. Well, that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend, and we'll see you guys next Monday, April 6th. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.